Hi guys, welcome to the What Else Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. If you're new, my name is Sarah. I live in Charleston, South Carolina, and I have my own business where I help entrepreneurs launch their own products, courses, or programs with less stress and more profit. This podcast is to show you the behind the scenes on my life as a 20-something business owner, as well as give you advice on living a life that you love and how to bring your ideas from creation to execution. Today, I'm talking to Isla Garcia, also known as the Millennial Nutritionist. She is extremely knowledgeable and shares her philosophies on weight loss, uh, how she started her business, and also gives some insight on how she has used social media to educate people about weight loss and the misconceptions around it. Um, I think you are going to absolutely adore this episode as much as I adored talking to Isla. I've been following her for a couple months and absolutely fell in love with her content and her wonderful personality. So without further ado, here's Isla. Hi guys, and welcome to the What Else Podcast. My name is Sarah, and by listening to this podcast, we have now become best friends. And as best friends do, here we talk about life, ask interesting questions, and open up the floor to learn what else is out there. Before we get started, be a pal and subscribe to the podcast and give it a five-star rating, because that is what friends do, and by doing so, you give someone else a better chance of finding it. All right, friend, let's get into the episode. Well, thank you so much for being here. I am so excited for this interview. Um, I've been following you now for a couple months. Um, so you're like the true, like found you on Instagram through a mutual friend, stalked you for a hot minute. We've like DM'd a couple times and now I get to see your beautiful face. Oh yeah, I'm excited. Um, would you like to introduce yourself and give like the formal introduction of what you do and how you got there and all the kind of those things? Sure. So um, my name is Isla Garcia, newly Garcia. I just got married like uh, two months ago. Oh my God. And I don't think I realized that it was that soon ago. Congratulations. Yeah, I think we're, yeah, it was like August. Maybe it wasn't, it feels like it's been two months. I don't know. Yeah. I just put that number. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I am a registered dietitian. I like live and breathe it. It's like all I do every minute of my life all the time. And um, I do have a private practice that I recently started too. Um, and I also have a day job where I work in a hospital. So like all around the clock, always doing nutrition stuff. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, that's who I am. <laughs> so you run like your own business with clients and then you also work in a hospital setting. Yes. Yeah. So when I first graduated, I was super lucky to be able to, um, get hired before I was even like eligible to work through this hospital that I used to work in the cafeteria for. And I just like sent an email and was like, Hey, I'm like a registered dietitian now. Do you have a job? And they're like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Do you want to interview? And it's a great job because it's full-time benefits, but I've always had to feel like more of like a, I guess like entrepreneurial spirit, like wanted to do my own thing. And so right now I'm kind of like straddling both of them <laughs> and they're both very different. I feel like they both really highlight different aspects of nutrition that I really enjoy. So yeah, I do work like a normal nine to five job, but I also like have a, like a, uh, my own thing too. Like a full-time business. You're doing that. I mean, I don't like, know how you do it. <laughs> like every minute that I'm not doing my job, because I'm super dedicated to my other job too, I am working on my other business as well. Yes, like all the time trying to make it work. So what do you do at your nine to five? 
So I'm a clinical and inpatient dietitian. And what that means is anytime somebody comes in the hospital, they get screened. It's like a part of CMS, which is like health insurance through like Medicaid, Medicare, which is what all hospitals like answer to. And they have to get screened for nutrition questions to see if they meet malnutrition criteria. And um, hospitals get like a payback if somebody is malnourished. So that's what dietitians do is we basically just like see everyone and see if they meet this malnutrition criteria on top of like giving education, like random somebody gets admitted because they don't control their diabetes or they have heart failure and like anything that can be addressed with diet, whether it's like weight loss or weight gain or blood sugar control, like um, fluid retention, things like that, kind of like everything under the sun, including like tube feeds, nutrition through the veins, very like scientific medically things is basically what I do in the hospital. And then what do you do for your clients? So for my clients, it's very different. And that's kind of like why I like it because it is like, so what I do for my clients is it's a weight loss program. So super, super specific. Um, I had to pick like one niche and there's a bunch of different things you can do in nutrition. So I chose to do weight loss because it's something that I saw was a big gap in my normal job is I just every we, we I hate doing weight loss in the hospital because it takes so long like my my program is a three-month program um, where I help clients lose weight because I think that's how long it really takes to even get started we're in the hospital like a doctor will consult and be like this person's 400 pounds go teach them how to lose weight and I'm like I have like five minutes like what am I supposed to do but I had nowhere to refer them so I kind of see that as like filling the gap and just addressing that problem that I see in my regular job but what I do in that business is weight loss um how did you get into nutrition as a whole? So, um, like, are you mean like from the beginning or do you mean like post-grad? Like from the beginning. So you, when you messaged me, you gave like a little, a little taste of how your journey was similar to mine. Um, so talk about that, like college and stuff. Yeah. So I feel super unique that I've always loved nutrition. I just like came out of the womb loving nutrition. I don't know like how I'm, I never had an eating disorder. I've never been super overweight. I've just always loved nutrition and had a super healthy relationship with food. I think my parents were really helpful with that. And so I always just love nutrition. And I remember I asked my mom one day, I was like, mom, all I want to do for the rest of my life is just like tell people how to eat. Is that like a job? She's like, well, yeah, that's a dietitian. <laughs> so I was like, that's awesome. And so as I kind of though started to like figure out what I like actually wanted to go to school for, I realized how little dietitians make. And I was like, uh, this is like hard. Cause I knew I was going to have to pay for my own school going into it. And so I was trying to think like, what kind of jobs am I going to be able to come out with being able to pay down my student loans pretty quickly? And nutrition is not one of them. <laughs> so I like went into it thinking that I was like, okay, well I'll be a doctor. Cause everyone wants to be a doctor when they're starting out school. <laughs> and so I went into it as a biology major and really, um, really pursued that for like a couple of years. But I kept like coming back to this, like loving nutrition because I'm a super, well, I was a super avid runner. I was super competitive in high school and then got also, um, uh, was on a college cross country team as well. And so nutrition is a super big part of running. I heard your other interview with the other person who said that. And so, um, as like, that was still a part of it. Cause I'm always having to think about what I ate to be able to perform better. One, um, one semester I, um, actually did like kind of like a research internship at my school and I was put in the same lab as the nutrition department. I was like, 
this is a sign because I felt like I, I just like wanted to join their team. I was like, I just want to do what you guys are doing. I still remember they were like testing organic food to see if it was like any higher in nutrients than like conventional. I was like, I want to be doing your project, not my project. <laughs> so I decided that I would just switch over because I was so unhappy in all of my classes. I was like, I don't want to just like do like do stuff for money just because, because I felt like I was raised with the idea that you just don't do what you like for a job. Like a job is work and you have to do it for money. And so I was just like, there's just no, like, you don't, you don't do what you do. Like, I love nutrition, but I'm not going to do it because I can't support a family with it. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to like do what I want to do and study nutrition. And I'm going to work hard to see where I can go with it. So I decided to pursue nutrition instead, like halfway through, I was like just the cusp of being able to swap degrees and like graduate on time. I had to take like 18 or 19 like credits every semester to graduate on time. But I um, graduated with a nutrition degree, but I still didn't want to be a dietitian. I was like, I'm not being a dietitian because they make no, so no money. Like I know that I knew that going into this, but like two weeks before I graduated, I was like looking for jobs because I still had like no idea what I wanted to do. So I like realized two weeks, like two weeks before I had to graduate that I like knew, I was like, the only thing I can do is be a dietitian. So then I had to get my master's degree to like be able to be a dietitian. But that's kind of like how my entryway even started in nutrition. So I feel like I was like always kind of like pulled back to it. And I'm so glad that I just like did what I wanted to do. Did you get pushback from your parents with the switch? Uh, kind of. So yeah, there definitely was a push because my family's also super into STEM, which is like why I identified. So like my mom is a nurse and her mom was a nurse and I was raised by like a single mom who was raised by a single mom. And so like, it's all, I feel like a big part of like my money story is just like always trying to find a secure job. Like it doesn't matter if it's not what you want to do because like one day you may be a single mom and you're going to have to just like depend on your, like yourself. And so Um, my stepdad like came into the picture when I was after already in college and he works in finance. Now my husband works in finance. My brother works in business. Like, (laughs) it's just very like, yeah, STEM, STEM, STEM. Like, why would you do anything like creative or anything that's not, but nutrition is like kind of this weird balance where you can kind of do STEM stuff, but it's also, you can like be a food blogger or like do a private practice or I can work in the hospital. So I did get like a little bit of pushback because my mom was like, Isla, how are you going to like pay back your student loans? Like you're going to have a lot and that's something you need to think about because maybe you should do something different. So that's why I think when I, when I did switch the major, I thought I could still do something in medicine because there are a lot of doctors who've had a nutrition undergrad degree or like for a while I thought I wanted to do OT or like I thought I wanted to do physical therapy or like I don't know, something else. And it wasn't until I was at the end where I was like, no, I just need to do what I need to do. So yeah, I definitely got the pushback mostly because of the money aspect and just with the like uncertainty of like, how am I going to support myself? Yeah. I I wanted to ask because when I went, I, well, I went through all four years and I actually like thought about it, but right before I went to college, like, I mean, it was like June (laughs) and, and I was like, you know what? I have an idea. And my parents were like, um, let's, let's hold on a second. <laughs> Cause I'm also a pretty flighty person. So like, I don't blame them at all. Um, but did, so on, on your Instagram mm-hmm. you are super active in education. I, on both accounts, I don't know how you keep up with both accounts <laughs> so well too. Like I am very engaged in both. Um, you've got a lot of interesting philosophies on weight loss and then, but you, you incorporate a lot more than that. You talk about mindset. Um, you said like money journey, you've spoken about affordable foods and you've got such a well-rounded, 
um, explanation of things, which really caught my attention. So first question, philosophy on weight loss. Yeah. Okay. So first part, my philosophy on weight loss. Um, so this has actually been like really challenging. And for a while, like when I first was thinking about like how I want to start a private practice, I like didn't want to do weight loss because it's super controversial. I really just like wanted to teach people how to be healthy because I was like, that's what I like to do. I myself like am not super focused on weight loss, but I was like, how do I like trying to think more business minded? Like you have to market results. And how do I market results of just like being healthy? Like nobody's going to pay a lot of money. I felt like to just like be healthy. Like, so, um, I picked like weight loss as a niche because I really thought that there is, it is kind of controversial and it is, um, not a great image right now, but so I feel like all the better for dietitians to be super involved in that and just correct it. Like, I'm not one to be afraid, you know, like on Instagram, I'm not one. <laughs> no, it's, it's my favorite thing. <laughs> I'm not to be afraid to like talk about things that I feel like should be talked about if I have the stuff to back it up. And like, dietitians need to be more like that, I think. And, and and I know that there are a lot of dietitians who work in like anti-weight loss stuff. And I think that's super needed as well. But I just think dietitians need to dominate every aspect about food. And so like, let's dominate all parts of it. Yes, like the opposite end of like anti-diet and weight loss, but also the weight loss, because there are still people who need that. And I wouldn't even think that if I didn't work my job at the hospital, to be honest, because I see those people at the hospital and like, they do need to lose weight. Like some of them really do, or if they don't, they're reverting to like gastric bypass. And I get the patients who get gastric bypass and their bowels literally like fall apart. And I'm the one that has to be like, you're like screwed for life because like your, like your stomach is falling apart. And it's, I've seen a couple people die and I'm like, you, we can't shy away from weight loss because this is what's happening bariatric surgeons are dominating the space, nutritionists are dominating the space, and this is what is happening. So all that to say, my like, I feel like my philosophy on weight loss is, first of all, it's a super personal choice. Like I don't go around thinking every single person needs to lose weight, the whole world needs to be skinny. No, I don't think that people who are overweight are lazy or anything. If anything, I think that it's like it's super hard to lose weight and people are overweight for very many, many, many different reasons, economical reasons. If you have like PCOS and you literally cannot even control it. So first of all, I think it's a super personal um, journey and nobody can tell you what to do on it. But I also think as a dietitian, I have to listen to what my client wants and help them use my knowledge to help them get there without really like imparting any of my like personal opinions on it. Cause I think that's just what as a professional, you're supposed to do. You're supposed to use your knowledge to help your client get to where they want to get. So I think that's, I hope that answers the question. That's like, yeah, no, and a couple of weeks ago, you went on your story. You see how active I, you're, you know, on Instagram, there's like those couple of people that you see the story and you automatically go watch. It's like, a, it's it, an Instagram stories. It's like TV. I'll like go to my favorite people and just watch what's happening in yeah. their life. And you're totally one of them. I watch every single one. I'm like, yay, I was speaking to me. This is great. Um, and a couple of weeks ago on the episode of Isla, um, you were talking about not shaming people for wanting to lose weight. Um, and I really loved that because it's not something that I've heard people talk about before. Um, but I have heard people who are wanting to lose weight, like they'll be like, oh, I'm fat. Like I need to lose weight. But then everybody around them is like, no, you're not like, you're fine. And they're like, stop doing that. It's not a problem that I want to lose weight. Like it's, you know, I'm not embarrassed by that. It's just, 
you know, it's a choice. It's just like, I, I want to go somewhere. I want to do this. I want to lose weight. Yeah, exactly. I know. I think of it like I'm still definitely trying to form a better opinion about it and do a lot more research, but I'm kind of in the, in the mindset that I try, like we've come so far as a dietitian in a community, we've come really far from separating weight loss to health. So in my marketing, I really try hard not to like intermix those words and not to say like, oh, lose weight to be healthy because you don't really have to lose weight to be healthy. Like that's, we've, we've found that that's not a thing, but I think it's like, if it makes you feel okay, then do it. Like, I think it's the same as like learning how to put makeup on or like going to buy some nice clothes. Like if you feel good at a bigger size, great. If you, if you want to feel good because like you are feel accomplished that you've lost weight, that's great too. And it's my job just to help you get there. So I want to talk a little bit about how you started your business as somebody who I started my business in March and I'm, I mean, I stumbled, I shouldn't say start. I stumbled into business and it's been such a, uh, it's, it's such a funny process making your own business. It's such hard work and it consumes like your entire, your entire life. Can you talk about how you started your business, what that journey has been like for you? Yeah. So I feel like I kind of have, I feel like I kind of stumbled into it too. So like I said, kind of like at the beginning, I, um, I just, I feel like I'm always like thinking like systemically. So in my like hospital job, I, I really, really enjoy it too, but I like, there's like a lot of gaps in nutrition and like, it's always baffles me because I feel like most people end up in the hospital because of nutrition, but then when they get there, it's like too late to make nutrition interventions because like once you like a lot of diseases are like irreversible, like nutrition can definitely help you manage them, but it can't like make you like you were before, but you can prevent them. And so I just don't, I never had resources to like, like allow people to like, I'm like, you're on the cusp of getting diabetes, do this program from this other dietitian I know, and you like won't end up in the hospital again. And so I just like, didn't have a lot of it. And I kept asking around, like, are there programs I can refer my patients to? Like, I just, I don't know what to do. And nobody like said there was any. So I was like, I'm just gonna start my own. So, um, you know, at the beginning of COVID, I was super bored. I feel like we were all bored dealing with this transition. And it like kind of dawned on me that I like, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I, I just wanted like a hobby or something. And I realized like how little you really have to have to start a nutrition private practice because I already spent so much on my education. So all I needed was some device to like counsel people. Like I was like, that's it. Like I could take insurance if I wanted to, but you really don't have to. And it's weight loss. People are like going to pay for it regardless. So I, um, I like just did some research and kind of like you said, I just kind of like fell into it and just like started learning like little pieces about it. I had always been pretty active on social media. Like I've always like had this dream of trying to be an influencer. It like literally never worked, but because of, <laughs> because of that, like I knew so much about how social media worked. And so I was like, I think I can do this. Like I can leverage my social media, like a very small following to like make like a business. And it may be like, I, I had always been posting what I eat for like ever. And so people knew what I did. People knew I was a dietitian. People knew I love nutrition. People had already like actually asked me a lot if I could counsel them. And I was like, I don't do that. Like here's somebody who can. So I just kind of started, um, I started a whole new account because that was how I justified doing weight loss is like, I don't want to expose people who may have like eating disorder tendencies. So I would try to just start from scratch in a whole new account and say, Hey, I'm starting this new weight loss program. You know, if you're triggered by this, please don't follow me over there. I'm going to keep my personal account. That's why I have to. But, um, so I started this new account and just like for three months tried to just like really hype up, like 
nutrition and my philosophy on it. And then at three months, I was like, okay, I'm doing nutrition counseling. And um, I was told myself I'd give it like three months to see if, you know, I could get any clients. And I tried to calculate like I could match my current income if I got four clients a month which I really did not think would happen until the end. And I did that in the first month. I was like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, I was like, this could really be something. And so that's kind of like how it got started. And I've really loved every minute of it, even if it is just a hobby, but hopefully maybe it won't be one day. No. Okay. You, you, I think of you as an influencer. That was, <laughs> I was going to ask you that next. Like your social media presence is so good. And you, I think you've gained quite the following and it may be, I mean, I, did you have like 1700? Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, I think now I have like 1700. Yeah. I, I saw that and I was like, wow, she's famous. And oh. <laughs> I think that's so low. I'm always like, that's not enough. No, I think you're doing great. And um, I absolutely love watching your stories. It's like my favorite thing literally ever. Now let's take a quick break for a very special non-sponsor, Novice Studios. Novice Studios is a production company helping small business owners transform their digital presence from amateur to authority. They offer content strategy and consulting, video production, and content launches. And if you're looking to launch your YouTube channel or podcast, you need to talk to Kristen. Kristen is the only reason that this podcast is a thing. The fact that it goes up and my sound sounds good. And if you enjoy this podcast, She's the reason that you enjoy it. I cannot recommend Kristen at Novice Studios enough. They are the only people that you need to talk to about video and audio production. If you want to check them out, go to novicestudiosclt.com. That is novicestudiosclt.com. Um, how did you... I guess, gain that confidence to, and figure out how to leverage your social media. Cause you use TikTok quite, I want to talk about TikTok in a second. Um, so we'll put that over there, but like, how did you, what was your plan to leverage your social media? I saw that you even uh, track your analytics. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So I um, actually listened to this podcast and that's what like really made me um, like want to start everything. I listened to this dietitian who was a business coach, of course, because like all these business coaches have these free podcasts. And so I just like, all she did was interview um, like dietitians who had done private practice. And I kind of just tried to um, do what she told people to do. <laughs> and so I learned a lot from that because I never really thought about like, I feel like you can use, um, uh, Instagram definitely for a business as an influencer, but I never really thought about how to do that as like a business, which is very different. And people don't realize it because people are always like, Oh, you're like, you're like trying to be an influencer. I'm like, no, I'm not. I don't like promote products. Like, I guess it comes across that way, but <laughs> maybe I need to do a better job. And so I think like just learning from that one podcast and then like reading, reading other things. And honestly, like looking at anyone who I feel like does a good job on Instagram, even influencers, like, and the MLMs, the MLMs, MLMs have it for like social media marketing. That's <laughs> true. Not. That's true. I follow one. Um, I think her name's like Jack Attack or something. She's oh. a huge MLM. She, well, she does uh, the little compact makeup. Okay. But she does like social media coaching and she's a, like, so she sells the makeup and she's got like her whole team or whatever. And, you know, MLM is, it's a whole nother thing, but you know, that's what she does. And, but she also does like social media coaching, I think specifically for people who like have MLM businesses and like, that's all she posts about the makeup, but then she usually normally posts about 
social media, how to get following, how to, I mean, it's really cool. And that's why I started following her because she gave great tips. I was like, I'm not like a huge MLM fan, but I, I love what you're talking about. So yeah, I know they like, they like have good, if you like study them, I don't know what it is because I've never sold MLM, but I'm sure they have some sort of like, this is how you market things on social media. Yeah, they got something. Like, they have a presentation. They have something going on. <laughs> <laughs> trying so to get it. Like, yeah. So I try to study those people. I try to like take tips from influencers and just think like, you know, how can I lever- like, how can I constantly be leveraging this as a business and analytics like you asked is a super important part of that because I think analytics gives like a little bit more of like direction to the chaos at social media because you can specifically look at like, you know, your pictures and see which one promotes certain actions. So like certain ones that I feel like are super important to look like if you're selling a product like I am is like website clicks because what I feel like a website click means that whatever I've said, whether it's on a story or on a post, I know whatever I said made somebody be like, wow, Isla is a dietitian that can teach me how to lose weight. I'm going to go look at her program. So I try to look at those posts or stories because Instagram tells you both of those things um, and try to kind of like just keep up that content. Cause I feel like the important thing about social media and business is you constantly have to think like, what does my ideal client want to see? Not what I want to put out. There's a bunch of stuff I want to put out that I don't because it's not going to bring me any business. I have to think like, because people love these like Starbucks. Like I post these like Starbucks comparisons. I literally never go to Starbucks. People are like, what does that taste like? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) But they love them. I get like two to three website clicks like per post and I don't know what it is. And the fact I do tons of fast food posts and those get tons of clicks. So I think, I think looking at analytics can tell you what to repeat on. Um, and especially just trying to keep up with like algorithm updates, um, because Instagram's always changing, like what they value on those analytics. Have you heard about the Facebook, uh, lawsuit right now? No, this is, this is where my geek comes out. Oh, okay. Uh, Cause I listen to financial news every morning because you know, that's normal. <laughs> and, uh, currently Facebook is getting sued, which is like, what's new, except, Uh, They're getting sued by the government. And except this is particularly bad because, well, bad, quote unquote, um, because the government is basically saying that you, you have to sell off Instagram and WhatsApp. You have to break ties. So they're like a big conglomerate. Right. So they bought Instagram in, I think, 2008 and they bought WhatsApp in 2006. And at that point, it was a government-approved acquisition. The government, like, said, like, that was fine. But now the government's like, oh, dear, Facebook's, like, grown quite big, and now they're, like, a market monopoly. And so that needs to not be a thing, which I'm, I'm, I'm on both sides. I'm like, yes, and, like, totally it is a problem if Facebook decided to make their Facebook ads excruciatingly, like, expensive. That would be an issue. Right now they're, like, quite cheap. So, but the problem is they don't have any competition to keep it that way if they – you know, chucked it up for uh-huh. some reason one day, like mm-hmm. nobody, there's nobody that any, you know, they can go to. And pretty much if you're a business, small, big, whatever, you're going through Facebook ads. Yeah. But on the other hand, I'm like, Ugh. as somebody who works on the back end of social media a little bit, not a lot, but quite a little bit for my clients. And I see like small businesses and how they use social media. I'm like, I'm not sure that that separation would actually be very good for the little guys. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what I followed like the TikTok uh big the laws. Not it wasn't a lawsuit, but the TikTok drama um back in I think it was like October when the administration was gonna ban TikTok. Oh yeah, that was scary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then um they 
I just talked about this, I think, on my last podcast, too. Why am I so fascinated? Anyway, America, an American company didn't acquire them. Instead, Oracle was like, oh, well, we'll be a safety partner. And, like, then they were like, oh, that's fine. I'm like, that's not real. <laughs> it's not a thing. Yeah. But speaking of TikTok, let's talk about your TikTok. Because you have spoken out about how you've gotten hate on TikTok. Quite yes. a, that's, like, quite a bit. Yes. Oh my gosh. So I like, my husband like kept pushing me to do TikTok. He's like, you know, it's like new, you you know, being new on a new platform is so good. And, and I knew that I should have, but it's just like, oh, I just knew it was going to take more time. I just knew it was just like some, it's like, once you commit to something, I feel like you have to do it. So once I started doing, it, I just knew it was going to take out so much time. And so after like a couple months of him really bugging me, I was like, I'll just do it one day. And so I started making literally just like copy pasting posts that I do on Instagram, but just like talking for 15 seconds about it. And for some reason, people like love that. And I don't know why, but they do. And so um, I would just like post like, like, so I would post on Instagram, like a low calorie Starbucks versus a high calorie Starbucks and like maybe which one you should pick. And so I would literally post the same thing on, on, um, TikTok and be like, Oh, this is the low calorie. This is the high calorie, blah, blah. And I would get like, 200 hater comments. I'm like, that is a lot for somebody that oh like, my God. I know something that doesn't have a big following. And I was like, is this normal? I never get super, like I've only gotten a couple of hater comments ever. And especially being a dietitian, I feel like you just become very um, used to critics about nutrition and people that have their own opinions mm-hmm. and like stuff like that. And so I feel like I, the best way I found to combat that is just to be super confident in what I'm talking about, like have research to back it because how do you argue with research? Like just, just don't have the opinions come from yourself. And so I don't personally get upset by it, but I always wonder like, what does it look like when I, um, like, what does it look like to an ideal client? Cause that's all I care about. Like when they see that, um, the, like, and kind of like what they comment is like, you're going to like, give me eating disorder. Like this isn't like, okay. Like there's little kids on here. They shouldn't be trying to like lose weight. Like, how dare you? You're so unethical. Like this math is wrong. Like you're two calories off, blah, blah. And it's just like, give it a break. Like just scroll. But I understand that TikTok is like, you're just given so much. And like, like you don't follow people that you want to follow. Like, I guess if people get off on like hating people, that's like a perfect platform for them because they can literally just like hate every single thing they see on there. And so trying to figure out like how to to navigate that definitely has been hard. I literally like did some research on like how to deal on hater comments. No way. Google (laughs) is the best. I know because I didn't know what to do. I was like, do I delete these people? Because all I care about, like I said, is like, what is somebody that's like coming to me for nutrition look like? What do they think about when they see that? And so I read that you're not supposed to delete these people. You're not supposed to block them. You're supposed to comment back. And I was like, how do I do this? <laughs> like not look passive aggressive. So I try to just like drive the point home every time. If somebody says I'm like 20 calories off, I'm like, okay. Like the bigger picture here is that you can still have fast food when you're trying to lose weight and always just try to look like the author- or like authoritative person. And so that if I guess the ideal client reads it, they're like, oh, Isla's like still right, blah, blah, blah. So, so, you're, so you do it. comment back. I tried to comment back every single person because I don't, nobody knows how TikTok works right now. Like I think Instagram, like, you know, the more comments you have, the higher your post gets pushed. So it's good to comment back on your comments because it doubles the comments that you have. And so I just hope that kind of is the same for TikTok, but I don't know, like nobody knows. So yeah, every morning I wake up and I put like 20 minutes aside and try to just like comment back on like every single person. (laughs) Do they ever like, do you ever like start a whole conversation or do they kind of like- 
my role is one time only. Like I will comment back one time. Yeah. To look like the authoritarian person, like not be aggressive, just be like, yeah, no, I'm still right. And then like they, they'll, they'll be like, they'll comment back and I don't say anything again. Yeah, no, I'm still right. So, um, bye. (laughs) I know. And sometimes I'll like sit with my husband and be like, is this like a bad comment? Like, is this make me look passive aggressive when I'll like, because sometimes I'll accidentally be passive aggressive and he's like, don't say that. (laughs) Don't say that. Um, what do you, what on, so you pretty much teach mainly about then your social media, I mean, about like food substitutions. You also have a, um, oh, what do you call it? You have a plate, like philosophy. What's it, what's the plate philosophy? Yeah. So, okay. So that's how I wanted to start my business. So I had like one client that I kind of like took on for free. I was like, let me like, like trial some sort of program with you and then I'll like replicate it. And so I really wanted her to lose weight with my plate. And so what my plate is, it's like, I'm sure you know what the food pyramid was. That's what we learned. So my plate has replaced the food pyramid, but we didn't get taught it. And so, yeah, my plate, you, you can lose weight through my plate, but I think it's incredibly slow. And I think you'd honestly need like six months. I think it's probably a healthier version of weight loss because you're not calorie counting, but for the amount of time, like the amount of money people pay me, I want to give them some results. So my plate is like, um, my plate is where you do half of your plate fruits and vegetables, a quarter of your plate whole grains, and a quarter of it protein. So essentially, you shouldn't really have to count calories because that's like pretty nutritionally adequate, probably low in calories because your most of your plate is low calorie food, like the vegetables, but you're still getting in a protein. And so I try to also talk about that one, but like nobody ever wants to hear about my plate. So I don't really talk about it too much. <laughs> oh, I love it. I, I'm like, really? especially because like, the, the uh, protein part is not the biggest. I can't, I have a big issue with eating meat or, or protein. Um, people ask all the time, like, are you vegetarian? I'm like, no, I just don't like it. <laughs> like yeah. I chicken. I don't order, like, I don't really eat meat very often. It becomes a problem. Cause like nobody's ever told me it's like, I know that I'm deficient in protein. Like, but no. good thing is I eat peanut butter. Like it's falling out of a fountain so I'm like gifs keeping me alive (laughs) yeah yeah I think my plate is super great for so like at the end of my program I um try to transition people onto my plate style eating instead of calorie counting um and then like calorie counting gives a good basis for what like like if you have no, if you know nothing about nutrition calorie counting I think it's good in the beginning but my plate is super great for somebody like you or anyone who like like, yeah, who doesn't necessarily need to lose weight, but you just want to make sure you're like eating in a healthy pattern. And so that's essentially what my plate is. And I love my plate. I try to eat like my plate. Um, but yeah, people on TikTok don't like my plate. So I don't post about it. Well, the people on TikTok can just like go somewhere else. <laughs> can go somewhere else. I mean, you share your recipes on your email list as well. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. really like cook one week and then share them the next? That's a, yes. That sounds exhausting. Like, I love it. I look at them every time, but every, when, and you go on your stories, oh my God, I sound like a stalker. <laughs> and you're like, hey, like every week I share these recipes and I try them the week before and I share with you. I'm like, oh my God, I can't even keep up like for the next day. I don't, I, how do you do that? How do you keep up with the email list, the social media, the, like it all it's, I look at it and it's exhausting. <laughs> I am exhausted. Like I'm a dead person inside of a smiling face. I promise. I, (laughs) I, um, yeah, I don't know. I think, um, the email list honestly isn't that hard for me to do because I already home cook all of my meals. I just like, 
for me, it like I grew up that way, so it's not hard for me to continue to do it. My husband grew up that way, so we're never like feel like it's a chore to cook. And then I feel like having leftovers, like, you know, gets me through the next day if I just like sacrifice one day cooking. And then, so I kind of realized, like, I needed to come up with some email list, right? Because you're supposed to have email list when you have a business. So I like, I like was like, this is super easy for me to just like literally tell people what I ate the last week. So it's not like a huge effort where I'm like, oh, I have to cook these meals so I can do my email list. Like I already do it. So I was like, this is super easy for me to just like do this and people really like it. And so like balancing all of those things, it, it is incredibly hard. Like it is so hard and so much more time goes behind it. I'm sure you know, than like what it looks like, like. I it, well, one I heard you said, "Oh, join my email list," and I heard the word email list, and I about collapsed. Like I, I haven't grown my. It's, I've grown clients. I'm like, oh my god, yeah, you need an email list. Like, what are you doing? Like, this is how you grow it. It's so easy, no worries. And then I build it, and they're like, oh my god. But then it comes to me, and I'm like, um, <laughs> I don't know about all that. That's, nope, I don't. Nope. <laughs> Yeah, I think, I don't know. I think I'm trying to get better at like making everything a lot more cohesive instead of like trying to reinvent the wheel for every single platform. But it is hard because I feel like every platform does want a very different thing. Um, You know, so I feel like having just like, I, I try it like I'm very visual. So I have all these like diagrams of like, what is my business like doing as a greater purpose? And like, where do clients like come in and go and stuff? And so I just like, I guess I just like try to think like, where, where are they being exposed to? Where does it funnel in? So like TikTok right now is like filtering into into Instagram. That's getting me like 20 new clients, which is filtering into like an email list. And my email list is filtering into like new paying clients. And so like, I have to have all those things to make the wheel work. And I want to start on Pinterest. I really, this is like my, I, I could talk about that all day. (laughs) Do you want to, I build diagrams like daily. I (laughs) love diagrams like my clients yes. ask me a question I'm like give me one moment and I send them like a whole diagram to explain yeah. and they're like you literally could have just said that and I'm like I know but like this is so pretty yeah. I love that kind of stuff so I'm gonna have to geek out with you at another time because yes all day yeah I know yeah but yeah just like just to answer your question it's it is hard to keep it up but um I mean you have to do it I feel like you have to do it as a business I think when you see the numbers grow or when I see the numbers grow I'm just a lot more motivated to keep up with it and um to continue to continue to do it keeping a schedule you know trying to make it simple doing like so many Instagram posts a day batch working really really works very well so making like a bunch of backgrounds for one day and then filming it all one day that's kind of the gist of how I keep it up yeah So what's your philosophy with nutrition and weight loss and why you do what you do? So my philosophy with nutrition and weight loss, um, I think that it's a super personal decision. And I think that our jobs as dietitians or my job as a dietitian is actually for this a long time ago and I always keep it. And I think this has always been my philosophy is that nutrition is super science focused and people really don't realize that because you just see like fit models or like the, like, I don't know, like Jillian Michaels, like you just see like fit people and you just think these like meatheads that just go to the gym. But nutrition really isn't about that. Nutrition is all research focused. Like why do we know what we know and how do we even know what to put into our bodies? And so as dietitians, we have to know everything about science, everything about anatomy, everything about organic chemistry, everything, how food literally breaks down into molecules into your body and how it makes you like live into the world. And so as dietitians, it's our job to take that research and to take that science, understand it, break it down into 
you know, like doable parts that help people function better through what they eat. So I, that's kind of like my, my philosophy for like my, my function as a dietitian is to take research, digest it and figure out how to present it to people to make them healthy. How that kind of ties into weight loss is, is pretty much the same thing. Like, I think it's my job to understand the research and to understand what does it take to lose weight? Not what it took for me to lose weight, not what it took for one client to lose weight. Like generally what does research say about weight loss? And if, if somebody comes to me and it's their desire to lose weight and it's their personal, you know, journey and, and it's healthy for them, it's my job to take what I know and get them to where they want to be. Like I'm the connection between like what didn't work for them in my knowledge and to get them there. So I hope that kind of answers your question. And wasn't there another part? And what I do for I do for clients? Yeah, yeah. I think you kind of answered it in there. But okay. yeah, I think that's just because there's so much misconception out there. Because there's so I think for so long the nutrition like industry has been dominated by people that don't have that philosophy, that don't care about the science part of it. And I think as a dietitian, it's just important to step up into that middle space. I love that. I love that. It's very clear from everything that you share. So sh- where can people find you? Go- all, all the things, Instagram, TikTok, the Instagram, the TikTok, <laughs> if I'm a boomer or something, uh, your email list, the whole deal. So um, my website, The Millennial Nutritionist, um, you can join my um, email list. Um, I have like freebies on there. On Instagram, I'm The Millennial Nutritionist. On TikTok, I'm Millennial Nutritionist. So drop the the and... I think those are all the platforms. (laughs) Fantastic. Thank you so much. I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and I know that everybody listening is going to as well. Yay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the What Else podcast. And if you liked this episode, then I've got a small to-do list for you. Uh, First of all, go ahead and screenshot this episode right now and post it on your Instagram stories and tag me at Sarah E. Boss. And I can go ahead and repost your post and that helps others find the podcast as well. And give me a review on Apple Podcasts. That is a huge help with letting others find the podcast and also become best friends. So don't be selfish. And finally, if you want to subscribe to my blog to get even more content, you can at sarahebossblog.com. All right, guys, I will see you in the next episode.